I definitely see mistake as mistake. I see the world for how it actually is. So, you know, I remember I hadn't had a chance to address the earlier question, like, like the, what's the best mental hack or business hack, or whatever. I think the big, the biggest thing that has helped me so far, <laughs> you know, being an entrepreneur again <laughs> is to be honest with yourself. You know, and that's something I learned from the poker table. So it translates very well in life too. If you made a mistake, own up to it. You did make a mistake. I definitely make mistakes. I don't play perfect. Okay. Nobody plays perfect. But taking a step back, you know, a lot of people, what's holding them back as for entrepreneurs as well is that they're not being honest with themselves. And, uh, you know, when you see a mistake, the, I agree with you. That means that you're very self aware. It means that you you have something that you can develop and improve on. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 681. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton. My friend, I don't know if you've been listening since the beginning. Today's episode is number 681, and I can hardly believe that I have gotten this far. But if you've listened since the beginning, you may have heard in the earlier episodes that I was often flabbergasted. There's a better word than flabbergasted, but in awe of speaking with the people that I was speaking with, because as a new podcaster, I didn't feel like I had the right to speak to people. Today's guest is a podcaster, a speaker, a coach, and so much more, but you may have heard about him back in the late 2000s when he was a contestant on American Idol. That is going to be only a minimal part of our conversation today because of where he's gone since then, but our guest today is William Hung. William, I'm so happy to have you here today. Hey, Kim, how's it going? I'm just thrilled to talk with you because seriously, William, when, when I started my podcast in 2016, I didn't feel like, I forgot that people are people. Does that make sense? Like you have been on national TV. You've been a sensation. You have sold like over 200,000 copies of your albums. And four years ago, I would have yeah. forgotten that you were a person the same as me, but I finally gotten that through my thick head. So oh. it's an honor to speak with you just because I love where your journey has gone. And if I can share, when I was 17, 16, that was my first time behind the mic. And mm. I was running for treasurer of my junior class. William, mm -hmm. my voice started shaking so bad that people in my huge school, I went to a suburban high school, but there were 2,000 kids. Oh. They thought that I was crying and it became a joke for a while. So it took me another 20 years to get behind the microphone again. Oh, wow. So that's why I love seeing where you have gone. I'm not saying that that your story is anywhere close to mine. I mean, but I love seeing how you have transformed. So for people who haven't met you, William Hung, before, would you mind giving a brief introduction and especially sharing what you do today? Yeah, absolutely. So 
as people know, I did auditions for American Idol back in 2004. And then what happened was I somehow went from an average student, civil engineering student, to uh, overnight celebrity. <laughs> but after that, I traveled and performed all over the world for about four years. Then my life slowed down, my entertainment career slowed down, and then I had to make the choice. Do I want to keep going to showbiz or do I want to get a stable job? I chose a stable job. I thought it's okay to just get a government job that pays well, good benefits. But then I feel something is missing in my life. Mm-hmm. Something unfulfilling. I feel like I'm not living up to my fullest potential. So that's when I started exploring speaking because speaking gives us a platform to enjoy ourselves. And that's how I saw it for many years. Absolutely. Yeah. And then as time went along, I felt like I could do so much with speaking because when I was doing entertainment, I just entertained. People had fun. They enjoyed my, my signature song, She Bang, and other cover songs. But then they'll forget, you know, for the most part. But when you're speaking, people will remember what you say and what you teach them for the rest of their lives. You hope. That was actually part of my fear of speaking was that people would forget who I was. Today, and it's not just the, it's, I don't want to say just speaking. So, and not to timestamp this episode, but in just like a week and a half, you and I will be at the same event, speaking at the same event. William, I have a confession. This event will be the second time I've ever spoken. Second. What? Yes. So I spoke at, and just so listeners know, because these are events that happen every year. So in the fall, I spoke at She Podcasts. Yeah. That blew my mind because 600 people had registered, 70 signed up for my session. I mean, the morning of, I didn't know if I was going to be sick or pee my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, there's going to be a packed room. So I just went in and and was myself. I've been to a lot of events and seen a lot of speakers. And I feel mm-hmm. like the worst speakers, and I don't want to say that there are bad speakers, but some just aren't as good as others, is when they're trying too hard. Mm. I would love to know your opinion, but I went in as myself. Mm. And I got awesome feedback. So now this event, which is PodFest, over 2,000 people registered. I don't even want to watch the numbers that are registered for my segment this time because I just want to be me and not be afraid of numbers. I think people are Mm. often just way too concerned. I mean, you sold albums. Were you watching the album sales the whole time? And No, I don't. Okay, good. In watching the download numbers or anything like that, like I got too wrapped up in the numbers. What do you feel makes a really good speaking presentation? Oh, I love that question because I, it's something that I studied for many years. Meaning that when I first started working for the government job, I worked for the sheriff's department in Los Angeles area. 
And I thought it would be the most, one of the most exciting jobs in my life because I thought I'll be one of the people in the crime scene investigation, CSI. But instead, I was busy tracking crime data from police reports about rape, murder, and burglary. Not what I signed up for. So outside of work, I found a Toastmasters club right across the street. So that's when I started learning about speaking, doing a lot of speaking eight years ago. So using that experience and plus the three years of building and growing my speaking business, I would say best speaking presentations, they inspire you to take action. They feel like a gift to you. They feel like something that you want to listen to over and over again and not get tired of it. What do you want people to take action on when they listen to you? I want people to discover and leverage their talent. And that talent could be something that the world is might not recognize you for. One of my major passions is poker. And there's a lot of stigma behind poker, especially for me, I'm not trying, but already am a professional poker player. So, you know, whatever the passion could be, it could be some video games, it could be table tennis, it could be something that you really enjoy, but the world might not recognize that. Listeners, just so you know, right now, William is traveling for a poker tournament. I absolutely love how you, your interests are diverse and you are engaging in all of them because I see way too many times, and I've done it myself, that when I became an entrepreneur, my whole life became my business. My family got put on the back burner. My hobbies got put on the back burner. My home got put on the back burner. I mean, I was so thrilled. This is just a funny little side note, but I was so thrilled to put up a new window blind last night. It was in my kid's room, but it was just one of those neglected things that got put on the back burner. And we forget that outside of our business, there's a whole life to be explored. And often that life can feed into our business. But if we're stuck behind our laptop all the time, that it could be stunting our growth as entrepreneurs, as people, as community members, and not just community members in our local town, but global community members. When did you get into poker, by the way? I started playing poker about 15 years ago. And how did you get onto the professional track? Oh, (laughs) well, I played poker for fun for many, many years. I started playing online. I remember the very first time I played, I actually played at a live casino in Reno, Nevada. That back in those days, like say the $1, $2 limit games, and I somehow made $300 in one night. It's like, whoa, that's so amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then I play a lot online back then uh, when online poker was very popular in the United States. And eventually, it's it's been on and off. Uh, I didn't didn't play all the time. And then I play a lot of live poker. And I would say the last couple of years is when I feel like I want to uh, take poker very seriously. 
Uh, the reason for that is because Tim, I always love math and numbers. I want to apply that talent somewhere, and I feel that poker is one of the great ways to do it. I never really thought about poker with math and numbers, except for. I believe, and I'm not going to ask you your age because it's none of my business, but <laughs> I'm 40 and I remember watching Rain Man with my parents growing up. And I think they were playing blackjack, but Rain Man, uh, Dustin Hoffman's character was counting cards, Oh, which I know is not, I don't think it's illegal, but I know it's highly frowned upon and you can get kicked out of casinos for it. But That's I never, right. It's right. It's legal. Right now, the, the casinos are very, very uh, sharp. You know, yep. they have surveillance, they have like pit, pit bosses looking for you. Yeah. Yep. Can you explain more? I'm just really intrigued. Poker with math and numbers. Yeah, because poker, all the, the way to the, make the best decisions is based on numbers. You know, there is a certain number of possible combinations, the way that the cards are, the game is structured, you know, there's different hand strips, things like that. So it's all based on numbers yeah i guess i haven't played enough poker plus i don't really have a poker face i gotta be totally (laughs) honest i saw one video of you sitting at a poker table and i don't believe you were wearing sunglasses nope nope okay so you have a good poker face you don't need to hide your eyes i think i do okay (laughs) i would say that you know people are letting me get away with gloves i'm getting paid when i have good hands so i think i'm doing okay (laughs) well my husband doesn't gamble he never has but i've let him know time and time again you will never play poker because your poker face sucks (laughs) (laughs) he gets this little twitch in his mouth when he's telling a half truth i'm like yeah Try again, sweetie, because I can totally (laughs) see right past that. (laughs) So I want to go back to the entertainment, just the entertainment part of your career. I saw, and I'm curious, because in my opinion, you've had an amazing story of success and also resilience. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, your American Idol audition went both not how you would have planned for it to go, but also Mm -hmm. way better than you would have planned for it to go. Of course. Yeah. So what recommendations do you have for people who may not have had the expected outcome initially and how to keep on going even when they hear the no? Sometimes when you hear a no in that moment, maybe there are other open doors that you haven't thought of in your life. Yeah, I found that often knows, even if they're not coming out of my mouth, when they're coming out of somebody else's mouth, indicate that there's an even bigger yes coming down the way. Yeah. The house that we live in right now actually was one of those situations. My husband Mm. and I, we weren't able to buy a house when we first started the business. Buying a house for listeners who are entrepreneurs and just starting the journey, buying a house as an entrepreneur can be a little bit tricky. I definitely recommend getting a somebody to help you shop around for mortgages if you're in that situation. But we were looking into rent-to-own situations, which there's plenty of in our area of Ohio. And we were waiting back to hear about another house. And I had forgotten that I had put on Craigslist an ad even before we heard about this other house that we were looking. 
And the day, just hours before we heard no on the other house, I got a response to my ad to come check out the house that we now not only live in, but own. It was just so serendipitous. I mean, we got home from looking at this house for the first time, realized that we loved it even more than the other. Got home, we were planning on telling the other guy, you know what, we changed our mind, but instead I had an email telling us, no, we didn't qualify because it's crazy to me. I don't know if you've experienced this at all, but a lot of people look at entrepreneurial income, small business income as unstable, when in all actuality, I think often it is even more reliable because if something doesn't work out, we can find a way to make something else work out. Give me a couple hours and I can get money. Legally. (laughs) I need to say legally, okay? But I can go and approach any number of my contacts and say, hey, I have a special going on. I don't like to do that because I don't want to commoditize or belittle the value of my products. Yeah. I have this opportunity. That sounds like a scam. I know, but I don't mean it at all like that. Whereas somebody who's employed, they could get the pink slip today and be out of a job and not even have a, a business set up where they can go, you know, bring in extra income right away. So anyway, entrepreneurial income can be a little bit tricky when shopping for homes and cars. When you were working for the government, is that where you met your wife? I would say it's during that time frame, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the way I found my wife is actually through a Chinese online dating website. Oh my gosh, I love that. I actually met my husband through Craigslist. Oh, wow. And I'm still alive, William. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking for furniture for my apartment, and I found him instead. (laughs) Yeah. But what does she think about your career? And does she travel around with you? Well, it's a long story, but unfortunately, we end up in divorce. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. Yes, yes. But the good news is that I am single and ready to mingle again. (laughs) There you go. Okay, so when I started my first business, I was married to my high school sweetheart. And we just never should have done it. So that was not intentional, but I hope you don't mind. I'm I'm just going to run with it. Like I realized that was another one of those no's that opened up into the bigger yes. Yes, I met my Mm. current husband on Craigslist, but... He's my soulmate. There is no doubt about it. He is absolutely my soulmate. And if if I hadn't married my high school sweetheart, then I wouldn't have wound up in Ohio on, you know, the date in Ohio Craigslist site looking for furniture because I was leaving my ex-husband. <laughs> so everything for a reason. So well, there you go. Don't discount Craigslist, but now you're traveling so much. The next one is ready for you when you're when you're looking for her. I know there's a few months before this episode airs, but what are you most excited about in the year ahead or a couple years ahead? What is big and looming on your bucket list? I don't really have a bucket list, but the thing I'm most excited about is to where my leads me by combining my multiple passions like speaking, coaching, playing poker. I even came up with a book called Champion by Choice back in October. 
so I'm open to change. I'm open to see where everything takes me. Champion by choice. Can you expand on that? Is that about yeah. poker or life or everything in general? It's actually everything. Yeah, it's mm. it's like a self help motivational autobiography. I think that's the best way to put it. So yeah, it talks about how you can choose to become a champion in your life. I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode and ask you if you need to take a break from your business. Maybe you're working too many hours. Maybe you're trying to work on too many things. Maybe you have too many clients who just really aren't aligned with your greater purpose. If this sounds like you, I want to offer you an opportunity to join the Positive Productivity Pod, my monthly mentorship and coaching community. For only a dollar, you can jump in, get started, and enjoy 10 days in the community where you will meet so many awesome entrepreneurs. And then twice a month, you'll be able to hop on a live call with all of us and get the feedback that you need in that very moment for your business. If you're interested in starting today for only a dollar, head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pod to get started. Like, was the family that you were raised in positively inclined people or inclined parents? Like, did they have a positive mindset and teach this to you? Or is that something that you learned along the way? I would say that my parents are definitely uh, positive and resilient. Mm -hmm. They don't have the highest paying jobs, but they somehow made it. I could say that they generally made it because they don't have that great education. But they found, you know, nice, stable government jobs working for LA right now. And then now they could afford to travel. They could afford to finally live the life that they want. Amazing. Yeah, I grew up on the East Coast in Western New York. And by the way, I saw that you sang for the Jays. I know that's, was it the Toronto Blue Jays? Yes. Yes, I know that's not New York. I do realize, listeners, that that is Canada, but it was the closest Major League Baseball team that we had growing up. So, But I, I noticed that the mindset and the mindfulness that I encountered growing up was basically slim to none. I mean, and I'm not, I don't mean to say that life was miserable. It definitely wasn't. But compared to friends who were born and raised and grew up on the West Coast where spirituality and mindfulness seemed to be a lot more present, it was a complete different experience for me. Mm. Learning about the law of attraction and positive thoughts. I mean, it sounds silly to say, but I never thought about positive thinking until I was 30 and had a friend ask me if I have heard had heard about Abraham Hicks and the law of attraction. Like I'd oh. never given thought to my thoughts before. And I'm embarrassed to say that. Yeah. But now that is something as a mom of five, you know, I, I work with my kids to make sure that they understand that life's hiccups are just that. Think positively. There's something better coming. That's not necessarily so easy when you have teenagers who break up with girlfriends and they're like all mopey and mom, that's not what I want to hear right now. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, just, I have a, a 14 year old who's had three girlfriends this year. 
Oh, and it's wow. just, yeah, it's just, he doesn't want to hear it. But the next day he has a new girlfriend again. I'm like, to be young, you know. But anyway, going back, I mean, to all the kids, think positive. This is just a glitch. It's just a speed bump of life. If you could go back and tell your younger self anything, would you want to? And if so, what would you tell your younger self? I would say, hmm, be more open to try new ideas or new ventures that people may not approve, people might not recognize. Like I mentioned earlier, now it's much easier. It still takes a lot of hard work, by the way. I'm not saying it's, you know, it's, it's just like really easy. There's nothing easy out there. Everything you want to succeed that in your life, you have to like fully commit to it. <laughs> but now there are esports. There's a lot of people doing very well for themselves playing video games. There's a lot of people doing very well for themselves pursuing knitting you know so anything seems possible nowadays but before i didn't know that i before i just thought that i had to be an engineer a doctor or a lawyer i feel like you were e-stalking me <laughs> i'll expand i knit my wedding dress when i married my husband oh yeah and my husband is a video game designer our whole family is gamers no way. <laughs> My podcast is about productivity, but in full disclosure, I play video games every night. And Whoa, what games do you play? <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm absolute or I'm actually admitting this. We play Ark Survival Evolved. Have you heard of that? Mm, no, not yet. Okay, so it's been out for four years. I oh my gosh, listeners. You got to let me know that you heard this so I know that you're listening. In four years, William, I have 5,000 hours clocked on the game. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I have to expand on that a little bit. This game, you get plopped on an island, basically is how you start. And there's dinosaurs uh -huh. everywhere. And okay. you either get attacked by them or you attack them or you tame them and after you start taming your dinosaurs then you can breed them and okay. you, you build your structures but in order to build your structures you have to farm all the materials so uh -huh. we play on public servers with people all around the world and we trade dinosaurs and now there's all these other maps that we can go to and we found just a great like online family, but it's a whole, it's a, it's something that my whole family does together. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we're four years in. So I have people joking about how, you know, I could be twitching, talking about, you know, my business, the fact that I do marketing automation and talk about productivity. I could weave it into, you know, my arc time. Somehow I don't really have an interest in doing that. In full disclosure, I like keeping my gamer tag completely separate from my business. You will not find my gamer tag anywhere on my website. But I gamify my business so that I have goals that I want to achieve every day while I'm working yeah. that allow me to have the time at night. And I must say also, those 5,000 hours, as I mentioned, you breed dinosaurs. There was a two-year period of time when breeding dinosaurs, you actually had to take them through a baby stage. And I had a separate computer on my desk 
that I would leave open just so I could feed it. Because if you did not feed it, it died. So you could oh, have two wow. weeks of real life time invested into a baby dinosaur that dies because it starves. <laughs> so, you know, I know I'm a, a little bit older than you, but I have a brother who's 10 years younger. And I remember sitting in my senior year final math exam with his little digi pet in my pocket. <laughs> Do you remember those little things? Which one? They were, it was maybe like a two inch little pod that you had like a dinosaur on, ironically a dinosaur, and the egg would hatch and then it would beep or vibrate when you needed to okay, feed it. Okay, I can relate to it because I used to play Pokemon. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, sometimes people carry those things, you know, to feed like Pikachu, candies and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so he gave me his pet to take care of because his school wouldn't allow it. So I was sitting in my senior year math exam and the thing went off. Oh, no. I had to quickly take this little pet out of my pocket and feed it underneath my desk. Oh. And hope that nobody caught me because, you know, I could have been putting cheat codes for the math exam on. Uh, right. But, you know, so, yeah, I'm a gamer, people. I'm a gamer. <laughs> and I'm, but I, as I said, I've, I've gamified my workday now. So yeah. I look at everything that I do. I feel like so many entrepreneurs and people in general take actions mindlessly, subconsciously. Oh, I've got a new email. Let me go over there and look at it. Well, I turned off all those notifications. My text notifications are off. I've actually uninstalled Skype from my computer. My Gmail notifications are off. Like everything is off so that everything that I do is intentional. Because for the gamers who are listening, World of Warcraft, you enter as a level one character let's just say level uh-huh. one human i'm thinking i'm i'm a level one entrepreneur what experience points do i need to earn today this week this year to reach level two entrepreneur right so mm. i those most important tasks that i take every day i've yeah. <laughs> i've assigned experience point values to them I have a weekly goal of 250 experience points. I have yet to hit 250 experience points in a week. But I'm finally, I'm getting stuff done. I'm ditching the excuses and I'm taking the prioritized purposeful actions instead of, and I'm just going to say the word, pardon the cuss word for kids who are listening, but instead of getting shit done, I'm taking prioritized purposeful actions. So we don't need to get stuff done. We need to take the important actions that are going to take us to the next level, like writing the book, like getting on stage and impacting people, right? like sharing our messages. That's right. Yeah. Scrolling for hours. There was a point in 2014, 2015, when I was a member of 180 Facebook groups. Oh, geez. Yeah. Thinking that that's where my next client was going to come from. So I would sit here at my desk for hours and hours every day, every time a notification would pop up that a new post had gone up. And I would just run to see what that that new post was. That is not the way to grow the business. Yeah. What business and life hacks have you come up with that have really helped you? Well, I would say the biggest transformation you know, something that I don't, I haven't shared very often yet 
is I finally decided to quit my job, my government job, as of January. Congratulations! Yes, if I finally handed in my my resignation letter, I、uh, decided that I'm just gonna go for it. You know, I trust that my multiple sources of income from speaking, coaching, poker, cameo requests, and whatnot will be enough. I think that's amazing because how many hours have you gained back now every week? Forty plus plus commute. Yes, yes. So you know, the most amazing thing is that now I'm starting to feel the freedom, and the freedom, you know, the freedom doesn't mean that you don't need to do anything. That otherwise you will be very unproductive human beings. You know, I, I don't want to be an unproductive human being. <laughs> so, but the that's really rewarding because now I can wake up the times that I want because I'm not a super early person, but I like my mornings. So waking up around anywhere between eight ten a.m. seems ideal, but my job required I need to wake up at six and maybe seven at the latest. I don't even want to imagine what a commute in LA is like. Yeah, it's like an hour. Yeah, it's for very short distance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the convenience of the minute and a half commute now. You know, I just have to watch out for cats who like to. Grab my feet as I'm walking from one room to another, and yeah, that's it's amazing. The longest part of my day is just waiting for the space heater to warm my office. <laughs> <laughs> But I've spoken with a few connections,、uh, friends who wanted to know how to become an entrepreneur. You know how to,、right. how, to how to become rich entrepreneurs. I was like, well, what do you want to do? And what I meant was, what are you really passionate about? What message would you like to share with the world? How would you like to impact the world? And there was this one person in particular who all the only answer that he would give me was, "I want massive stacks of money on my desk." <laughs> I was like, "Dude, you're not giving me anything to work with you on here." You know, it's not just like that. Snap your finger, and you're going to have wads of money on your desk. <laughs> What do you want to do? He's like, well, that's it. I just want the massive wads of money on my desk. I was like, you know what? This conversation's done. And I gave him a list of books to go read. I was like, after you read these books, then come back and talk to me. But if you're only concerned about the money, then I'm not going to be helping you any. Like, I have nothing to help you with until you figure this out. Yeah, yeah. What would you say is your purpose? Hmm. I would say. This is something that's still evolving, but as of right now, I want to help people uncover their inspiring stories within them. And I talk about like inspiring personal stories where you may have experienced failure or frustration, and and then how to turn those stories into something that could be valuable for your audience. Is American Idol one of those stories for you? Yes, definitely.、Mm. I just want to say you are completely inspiring to me because, well, number one, I can't sing. Period. So, and I already told you, I at that point in my life, even though it was fifteen years at that point since I had been behind the microphone,、mm-hmm. I couldn't even comprehend getting it behind a microphone again. By the way, listeners. When I started getting behind the microphone again, was actually because I was gaming with my husband, and they wanted me to be on a channel with them 
while we were doing boss fights. But I was so scared to get even get behind the microphone for that because I was afraid I was going to mess up. Do you think there's such things as mistakes or do you think they're growth opportunities? Because I, I don't think there's mistakes. I definitely see mistakes as mistakes. I see the world for how it actually is. So, you know, I remember I hadn't had a chance to address the earlier question, like, like the, what's the best mental hack or business hack, or whatever. I think the, big, the biggest thing that has helped me so far, <laughs> you know, being an entrepreneur again, <laughs> is to be honest with yourself. You know, and that's something I learned from the poker table. So it translates very well in life too. If you made a mistake, own up to it. You did make a mistake. I definitely make mistakes. I don't play perfect. Okay. Nobody plays perfect. But taking a step back, you know, a lot of people, what's holding them back as for entrepreneurs as well is that they're not being honest with themselves. And, uh, you know, when you see a mistake, I agree with you. That means that you're very self-aware. It means that you you have something that you can develop and improve on. Thank you for sharing that because you know I just said that I see I don't necessarily see them as mistakes. I see them as learning opportunities. Mm-hmm. In 2019, 2018, I was in chronic yes man mode where I was saying yes to everybody and everything, get and giving up way too much of myself, and mm-hmm. it ended up coming back and biting me really hard. And for a short while, I was really resentful to the other parties and really angry. But when I finally owned up and realized, wait a second, of all people, I probably have 98% of the blame here. That's when my business started to really shift Mm. because I could have done things differently. I could have said no. Yeah. It wasn't their fault for taking advantage. It was my fault for allowing them to. Yeah. That was huge and eye-opening to me. I think, well, there's the resonating arc over this whole conversation. No is not a bad word. I mean, there's so much opportunity that can come out of no's. William, where can people find you online, get to know more about what you're doing today and connect with you? People can go to my website, willhung.com, W-I-L-L. H-U-N-G dot com. They can also find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Fabulous. And listeners, all those links will be in the show notes, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP681. I want to thank you, William, for giving me the opportunity to be totally transparent on how many gaming hours I have in. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I've been holding out for four years now to admit that number. And I feel like so many times it's a dirty number, but it really isn't. It only becomes a dirty number if you don't know how to control it. Don't feel bad, Kim. I locked over 1,500 hours as of today playing poker professionally. I locked over 1,000 hours of poker last year as a side hustle before I chose to quit my job. So don't feel bad. It could actually be a good thing. Oh my gosh, thank you. That just made me feel so much better. (laughs) We all got to remember that our business is not our life and our life should not be our business. So yeah. What parting piece of advice or golden nugget can you offer to listeners? 
Well, one of the common themes throughout our conversation today is take personal responsibility for your own progress. And I, I learned that, you know, for all, all the things I do, I feel like when I take personal responsibility for my own progress, it feels so much better. I stop blaming on other people. I stop blaming on ex-wives. I stop blaming on circumstances. I'm much happier. And you can do it too. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. Mm-hmm.